Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and his church, grow in faith and understanding of God's word, and serve in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to attend any of our three services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather, Lord, this morning and to sing praises to your name, Lord. We thank you for uh, the celebration, Lord, with Jake and his family, all you're doing in his heart, Father, in the hearts of so many other children, uh, so many other adults. We praise your name, Father. I ask that you would be with us now as we study, as we look to you, Father, for guidance and direction. I pray you would speak clearly to us. And I pray, Father, through the power of your spirit, we could be transformed more and more into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Take your Bibles and open to Psalm chapter 67. Psalm chapter 67. We showed just a quick video here before I got up just a second ago. Because today is kind of a reminder, uh, really, across the world of the persecuted church. And just so you'll understand, and I think probably many of you already know this, but the idea that we get to worship freely, we get to gather together as a body of believers and sing praises and study God's Word uh, without fear of arrest or persecution is not common in all places of the world. In fact, there are a lot of different places that we go as a church and minister and do mission work where Christianity uh, is not necessarily illegal, but it's frowned upon, and the local believers especially are persecuted. And so we just wanted to bring awareness to this this morning. We wanted to encourage you to pray for the persecuted church. And you say, what should I pray for the persecuted church? This is the most interesting part in my mind about persecution. When you talk to believers in various parts of the world that are experiencing persecution, and you say, how can I pray for you? I would assume, and, and probably you would as well, that they would ask that we pray that the persecution go away. That's what I would pray. Like If I were being persecuted, I, I feel like I would pray that the persecution would be removed. But instead, what these believers ask us to pray for time and time again is not that the persecution will be removed, but instead they will have the strength to stand up under the persecution. Isn't that amazing? There's a difference. God, give us the strength to be Christians even in the midst of this persecution as we grow in our faith and we grow in our understanding of who you are. And so I would just encourage you this morning to pray for these people. This is kind of out of sight, out of mind for us because we don't necessarily live in this world. But there are statistically, you saw this on the screen, an estimated 200 million Christians worldwide that live under persecution. And you may also not know this, but last century, it's estimated that more people were killed for their faith than all of the other centuries combined. And so persecution, praise the Lord, is not here in America yet, but it is in parts of the world, and we just want to encourage you to pray for them. Now, Psalm chapter 67, we are continuing our study this morning in our sermon series that we've called Defining Us, Connect, Grow, Serve, and we've kind of cast a vision to you, we've given you a vision statement, we've read it every Sunday, we've kind of worked through it now over the last many weeks, we want you to connect to Jesus and His church, grow in faith and understanding of God's Word serve Jesus here and around the world. And we've kind of challenged you in each section. In the Connect section, we challenge you to join a Sunday school or small group. I pray you've done that. If you have not already, we'd love to talk to you about what that might look like. 
We'd love to involve you in a small group, in a Sunday school class. We challenge you in the grow phase to memorize some scripture, and we're still working on that. We're not going to practice it this morning. We've done it many Sundays the last few months. We'll probably get back to it next week. But just so you'll be reminded, we're challenging you to memorize John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Okay, you should be working on that as a family, individually, however the Lord leads you. But on our Christmas Eve service, we're going to stand together and we're going to recite that by memory. And we're going to take the light of Christ out into the world. It's a beautiful scripture. It's a beautiful reminder of God's glory and grace. And we want you to, to be reminded of that and to memorize it. Now we're in the serve section. Serve Jesus here and around the world. And you probably noticed as you came in this morning, uh, in the lobby and the back hallway, there are a lot of banners and there are a lot of people kind of standing by the banners. This is basically a serve fair for you. It's an opportunity for you to be educated a little bit more about all the opportunities, all the places you can serve here in our church and around the world. And so we've got local ministries. We've got things that are happening here in our church. We've got things that are happening here in our community. We've got things that are happening all over the world. And so last week we gave you a little sheet of paper, a little booklet that explained what those different ministry opportunities were. The banners were out last week. This morning, there are people standing at the banners. And so I want to encourage you at the end of this service to make your way out into the lobby and down this back hallway and just walk through and look, speak to people, ask questions, and allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to guide you because the goal and the challenge for this last section is we're going to challenge every person in our church to serve on some level, okay? That's between you and the Lord. I don't know what that's going to be for you. Uh, I don't know how God's going to lead you, but you can't just come and come, come sit and soak. You need to be growing and serving. So if you're already serving, that's great. We're going to ask you to continue to serve in those areas. But if you're not serving anywhere, we want you to find a place of service and commit to that over the next few weeks. And so you can be praying about that. You can allow the Lord to guide you and direct you. So this morning, as we continue to think about serving Jesus here and around the world, we're going to look at Psalm 67. Now, Psalm 67 is a beautiful passage of Scripture. By the way, if you don't have your Bible, there's one right in front of where you're sitting. It's a black, hardbound book. You can take that book out. Psalm 67 is actually on page 481. You can turn there with us. We'd love for you to follow along with us because Psalm 67 is a beautiful picture of God's heart, and it's a beautiful challenge for us, right? There's going to be this real neat division between verses 1 and 2 through 7 that compare us to the rest of the world. So I want you to see if you can see it this morning as we think about serving Jesus here and around the world. Psalm chapter 67, beginning in verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine and make his face to shine upon us. Verse 2, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the lands of the earth fear him. Now, this is a beautiful passage of Scripture because it's filled with the idea of praising the Lord. It's filled with the idea of the Lord blessing us. And it's filled with a calling upon our lives to go into all the world. So here's the first truth I want you to see based on Psalm 67, 1 through 7. Truth number one. God's blessings are given so that we may make his name known to the nations. God's blessings are given 
so that we may make his name known to the nations. Now, I want to kind of clue you in a little bit. I want you to see where we're going so you can kind of prepare for this. But I want you to understand a pretty simple but radical biblical truth. Okay, here it is. When God blesses you, and we're going to talk about what that means here in just a minute. When God blesses you, he does not do it so you can hoard things up for yourself and simply accumulate more and more stuff. Instead, scripturally, when God blesses you, he does it with a purpose, with the intent of you taking the blessings that the Lord has given you and figure out now how I can bless somebody else. It's a very different mindset from a lot of people in the world. A lot of people see the blessings of the Lord as things they can keep and kind of store up and gather more and more stuff. I would say to you, we kind of flip that on its head scripturally when we say the whole intent of God's blessing upon you is so that you can take that blessing and now bless other people. So I want you to see this in this text here. I want you to see it with your own eyes. I want you to understand it. I want you to notice in these verses, first of all, that there's a clear sense that this is written about the nations, about the earth, about the people of the earth. So I want you to see it. I want you to notice it. We're going to pull these verses up for you to notice right here. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Right. So we're, we're getting outside of ourselves. We're getting outside of our area. We're outside of the walls of this building. We're outside even this county and this state and this nation. This is all the earth, all the nations. Look at verse 3. Let the peoples, that's plural, praise you. O God, let all the peoples praise you. Verse 4, here it is again. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Verse 5, let the peoples, there it is again, praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse 7, God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And so, so we see phrases like, among the nations, all the peoples, all the nations, all the ends of the earth. There, there's this very clear picture in Psalm 67 that God has written this for and about the nations, that his name would be known to all people of the world, okay? So, so we need to kind of get outside of ourselves. We need to get outside of our little bubble in our little world and understand that he's the God of the nations, <laughs> He's not just the God of Rosemont or of Troop County or of America. He's the God of the nations. But there's something interesting that happens between verses 1 and 2, right? We see that it's about the nations, but we're going to now apply it to our life. We're going to kind of drop this in your lap because I want you to notice what verse 1 says. Notice verses 2 through 7 have been about the world, the people, the nations, all the people. Look at verse 1. May God be gracious to who? Say it. Us. And bless us and make his face shine upon us. Who's us? It's us. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of grammar going on right there, right? It's us. It's Christians. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. So there's this interesting division. Verse 1 is about blessing us, being gracious to us, letting his face shine upon us. And then the transition to verse 2 that or so that your way may be may maybe <laughs> let me try that again so that your way may be known on earth your saving power among all nations right so let's connect one and two through seven God blesses us He's gracious to us 
His face shines upon us. Go to verse 2. So that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Isn't that amazing? Clear in black and white, Psalm 67. God is going to bless you. He's going to be gracious to you. He's going to bless you so that you may bless others. John Piper said it like this. God blesses his people for the sake of the nations. Now, you may be thinking, that's an interesting idea. I haven't seen that before. I'm kind of unaware of that. Well, I would say to you, this is kind of a theme that runs really throughout all Scripture. It's not just found in Psalm 67. In fact, you see it in so many other places of the Bible. For example, in the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, God is speaking to Adam and Eve, and the Bible says, God blessed them. There's that word again. God blessed them. He blessed Adam and Eve, and He said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. See that? God says to Adam and Eve, listen, I'm going to bless you so that you can take that blessing and spend it all over the earth. You can fill the earth, you can be fruitful, you can multiply. I'm blessing you not simply for your sake, but for the sake of the world. Genesis chapter 12, the story of Abraham. Many of you are familiar with the story. Beginning in verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, this is before he changed his name to Abraham, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. That's what the Lord says to Abram. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And here it is, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You see that idea? Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6. The Lord now speaking to the people of Israel, not just one individual person. I will also make you, this is Israel, a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. There's a pattern here. There's a clear scriptural mandate that God is going to bless us. He's going to be gracious to us. His face is going to shine upon us so that we may make His name known to all the nations. It's found in Genesis. It's found all the way through the Scripture. It's a clear picture. Now here's what you were thinking. Here's what some of you thinking. Man, I, I wish I was blessed like that. I wish God blessed me in such a way that I could bless others. I wish, I wish, I wish. You ever find, I, 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 I want you to maybe go ahead and I should say something up front just so you don't kind of get worried a little bit about me. I don't play the lottery, okay? I've never played it. I'm not going to play it. You're not going to catch me at the 7-Eleven scratching off a ticket. I don't do that. But I dream at night about winning the lottery. Anybody ever do that? <laughs> Strange, isn't it? You know, he gets up to three or four hundred million. I've never bought a ticket. I'm not going to buy one. But three or four hundred million and I lay in bed at night, man, God, if you gave me four hundred million, I'd be the most generous man in the world. I got all these people I give money to and the church and pay this off and pay that off. Right? If only I had this, then I could be this, right? And so it's easy for us to look at texts like this and think, well, you know, if the Lord does bless me, then I will be gracious and I will make his face shine among the nations. But he hadn't quite blessed me as. Well, let me, let me, let me just clue you in. This is something you need to understand. I've said this before, and so you can, you can kind of take this to the bank. You can go do the research if you want to. If you're born in America, you won the lottery already. Did you know that? So I've got some statistics to back that up. These are interesting to me. America is about, and these are rough kind of big picture numbers, but America is about 5% of the world's population. 
we have almost a third of the world's wealth. 5% of the population, a third of the world's wealth. Here's the one that blew me away. I think it will you as well. If you make $32,400 a year, right? Most people are in that range or above it for sure. If you make at least $32,400 a year, you're in the top 1% of global earners. If you make, let me say it again, if you make $32,400 a year, you're in the top 1% of global earners. Okay? The bottom 10% of U.S. income distribution, so the bottom 10% of the U.S. income distribution falls in the upper 30% of the global income distribution. Isn't that amazing? So if you're in the bottom 10% in America, you're still in the top 30% of the world. Man, we have been incredibly blessed. So let me just connect this for you in case you're missing the point. When God speaks in verse 1 of Psalm 67 of blessing us, of making his face shine upon us, of being gracious to us, he's talking to you, period. In no way, shape, form, or fashion can you push this off to somebody else. Everybody in this room is blessed. Every person in this room has been blessed by the Lord on so many levels. So the question isn't, are you blessed? The question is, what are you supposed to do about it? And God's given it to us very clearly here. You know, we, we have the opportunity to go to other parts of the world and do mission work. And, and there's a lot of just incredible opportunities next year. And we'll talk more about those as we get closer. But I have the opportunity this week, and I'd ask you to pray for me about this. Joe Fry, who's our missions pastor, and I will be leaving Early tomorrow morning, we're flying to Guatemala for the week. We fly down there on Monday, fly back on Friday, and we're going to go up into the mountains, into an area we've never been in before, kind of a remote area, an area that's fairly unreached. And we've got some local connections with people there, and we're hoping to establish a partnership and maybe even plant a church in the mountainous region of Guatemala. So you can pray for that specifically, if you would, this week, that God would just direct us and make our path straight. But every time I go to Guatemala, and I've been numerous times or other parts of the world, and some of you have experienced this as well in different parts of the world, but every time I go, I come back with just a reminder of the goodness and the glory of the Lord. Because the people in Guatemala are smart, they're hardworking, they love their families just like you do. But because of where they were born and the opportunities provided them, they're in a very different place in life than we are. And I often come back and I'm like, well, Lord, why, why are they there and I'm here? And the, the more I think about it and the more I pray about it and the more I kind of ponder it and study Scripture, I have to come to the conclusion it's simply the grace of God. Right? He put me here and he put them there. Because if I'd been born in that village, and same for you, if I'd been born in that village in Guatemala, I would be just like most people. I wouldn't have had the opportunities I have here. And so I see truth like this, and I, and I understand how the Lord has worked in my life, and I see these teachings in Psalm 67 and Genesis 1 and Genesis 12 and parts of the New Testament and in the book of Revelation. And I understand, listen, God has gifted us, God has blessed us, not so we can just accumulate stuff, but so that we can make His name known. Now look at verse 3 of Psalm 67. It's a beautiful picture of what's going to happen here. Psalm 67, beginning in verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. And if you're taking notes, that first little line there in verse 4 is important. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Here's the second truth I want you to see, right? We, we begin to understand that the blessings of the Lord are given to us with purpose and we should use them for the sake of his glory. Here's the second truth I want you to see. 
as we make his name known, the nations will be glad. Right? As the name of God is known, the nations will be glad. Now, one of the interesting things about this psalm and, and other psalms is their structure to them. Right? We, we read these seven verses, and if you're not looking for the structure, you may miss it, but the structure will kind of lead us to the main idea. It'll lead us to kind of the intent of this text. And so I want you to see it. I want you to understand the structure of Psalm chapter 67. So we've got it on the screen. We've kind of got it divided up. I want you to see what's going on here, right? So the first two and the last two verses have similarities. They talk about the blessings of the Lord. They talk about the glory of the Lord and his name being made known on the earth, right? So if you were to read through one and two, and 6 and 7, these are the outer two verses of Psalm 67. There's similarities there. Now let's work down one more level to verse 3 and 5. Verse 3 and 5 are exactly the same. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And then verse 5, let the peoples praise you. Go back to 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. They're exactly the same. So we've worked in 1 and 2 and 6 and 7 are similar. 3 and 5 are exactly the same. It's leading us to this central verse, verse 4, which is kind of the theme of this passage. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Right? How are the nations going to be glad and they're going to sing for joy? That's going to happen when the people that are blessed take up the name of Christ to the nations and the nations receive that name. When that happens... When the name of God is known, the Bible tells us very simply that the nations will be glad. And so to put it in, in kind of context of, of our world today, when we use the resources God has given us for the sake of his kingdom, we will reach the nations and they will praise God and be glad. Now, if you're like me, you, you follow current events and I, I read and I, I try to pay attention to what's going on in the world. And it doesn't take long, whether it's on TV or the internet, or magazine, or newspaper, to realize that it seems like uh, places around the world at any given time are just kind of chaotic. In fact, to, to call the nations glad at this moment in history doesn't seem fair. In fact, it seems like there are a lot of nations that are not glad. If you pay attention to what's going on in various places of the world, you, you, you'll see the, the struggles they go through and all the different uh, problems they're having with disease and war and famine and, and oppressive governments. And, and it doesn't seem like they're very glad about anything. So we ask the question, how can these people be glad? Right? We talk about different cultures. We talk about different languages. We talk about different locations. How in the world, what's, what's the theme that can bring these people and bind these people together in a place of joy and hope and happiness? One of the things I like to do when we go overseas is, is talk to believers about their faith and kind of where they came from. Because depending on where they're from, they've got a very different background, a certainly different background than I have, but a very different background even from other people that we visit with. And I ask them the question, what was your life like before you were a believer Explain it to me. What was your religious life like? Who did you worship? What was worship like for you? What did your family do? And that's always very interesting to me. But then I ask them to explain to me what happened or what life was like when they became a believer. And time and time again, I hear the same story. It's very similar. Before Jesus, I was very religious, uh, but I didn't have any real peace. I didn't have any real joy. I didn't have any real hope. But when I accepted Christ... When I chose to follow Jesus, I found for the first time in my life hope and peace and joy. And I hear that time and time again from these believers. 
It's amazing that regardless of the culture, regardless of the background, regardless of the baggage, there is absolute hope in Christ. It brings us all together in unity. And when His name is made known, people rejoice. And so we've got this clear calling as followers of Christ. We've got to take the blessing we've been given, understand its purpose, Share the name of Jesus with others all around the world to lead them to this place of salvation. Now, here's what you need to understand. We're, we're doing this building up to what heaven will one day be like. Right? We think about heaven and we think about the streets of gold and, and the, the beauty that we read in Scripture. And none of us can even come close, by the way, to, to even fathoming what beauty there is in heaven and what glory there is in heaven. But I think sometimes one of the things we miss is the idea that we're going to be worshiping with everybody. Part of the, the glory of heaven is that every tribe and every tongue and every nation, every nationality, every people group will be worshiping the Lord. And they'll be singing together and they'll be praising God together at the same time. You know, you talk to people from other parts of the world and, and other countries and one of the things they have in common if they're a believer oftentimes is the songs that they sing. And so you can sit with a group of believers from various different parts of the world and sing older hymns. You can sing the same song in different language and get just a little sense. They're singing the same song, very different words, very different language, but the tune is the same, the cadence is the same, the rhythm is the same. I think it's going to be like that in heaven. I think as we sing together in the glory of the Lord, I hope we're doing it in all the languages of the world. How amazing would that be? Singing in absolute unison. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 says... After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes. They were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Right? It's the same idea we see in Psalm 67. May the peoples praise you. May all the peoples praise you. There is true joy and hope and peace found only in Christ. Now we're in this last section of this sermon series, the Serve Jesus, and we prayed a lot and talked a lot about a team, how we wanted to word this, and so we came up with a Serve Jesus here and around the world, right? And so the calling in Psalm 67 is to make his name known to the nations. Now, some people would say, listen, Adam, I get it. I believe it. I'm praying for that. I can't go for whatever reason. Uh, I want to send. I want to help people financially go, which we'd love for you to do. But you say, listen, how can I serve people here? Because the nations, by the way, have come to America. You know that, right? I mean, the nationalities found just in Troop County in Georgia, across the country, from every country in the world. You go to Atlanta, you can, you can find just about every language in the world spoken somewhere in Atlanta. And so there are ways you can go to the nations even here. And so one of the things we've done over Christmas is we've kind of created this opportunity for you to be involved. And Tara Messer has headed this up. And so if you want to talk to Tara, she's going to be out at the Connect Desk between services. She'd love to talk to you a little bit more about this. This kind of fits into our serve model. But we've kind of set up these packets. It's called Fostering Hope. And every one of these packets contains the name of a child that lives here in LaGrange or Troop County. A child that's in some sort of a need. And we've got information about the child. This has got the child's name on the back, how old the child is, that it's a little girl. And inside the packet, there are instructions about what you can do. And the idea is over Christmas, we'll get these packets. We'll go buy the gifts for this little girl, bring them back to the church. And then in December, we'll have a, a special Sunday. It's the December the 14th. 
where these people will come in and they'll kind of go shopping where you've got the presents out for them and they can pick the presents up that they've selected for their children, take them home, have a great Christmas. It's just a simple opportunity to share the love of Christ. And so we need people to buy gifts. Like every family could do this. This is pretty simple. Every family could do this. We need families to buy gifts. We're going to need people there that Sunday morning, that Saturday morning to walk around with them. But above all, now listen, this is what matters. We're going to give gifts and we're going to love them and show them great kindness. But we do all this so that we can have an opportunity to make the name of the Lord known to those people. You understand that? To share Christ. That's the whole point. And so we need some of y'all to decide, I'm going to show up on that Saturday morning and walk with these people and share Christ with them, pray with them, make a connection with them so long term I can maybe go see them or continue to pray for them, or continue to build this relationship with them, because I want to be a blessing, right? That's the whole point. That's what Psalm 67 says. I've been blessed, therefore I want to make the name of Jesus known, whether that's to the farthest reaches of the universe, or that's to the person that lives right next to you here in LaGrange. We ought to be willing to serve Jesus here and around the world. This is one of the ways in which you can do it. Now I need to finish this up. Look at verse 7. We need to wind this thing down this morning. Psalm chapter 67, verse 7. It ends with this idea. God shall bless us, right? We believe he will. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Now, this is similar to one, to the first point, but it's going to put some pressure on you. Pressure is the wrong word. It's going to encourage you, maybe is a better word, to begin to do something about it. Here's the third truth. We should begin to recognize God's blessings as our call to go. Like when you kind of make this connection in your brain that God has blessed you, you begin to understand that that blessing now is a call for you to go and to do. It's not enough just to sit. It's not enough just to soak things in. God has richly blessed us. What are you going to do with it? And so we've created this ministry fair out here, this serve fair. In the lobby, the back hallway, there are people that are standing out there right now that would love to talk to you that would love to encourage you. We have our foreign mission trips, which, by the way, there are a lot of those for 2020. Those are down here. There are local ministry opportunities as well, and there are ministry opportunities here in the church. So you can serve Jesus here and around the world. So the challenge is going to be every person in our church, by the end of this sermon series, is going to commit to serving somewhere. Whether that's in preschool or children or Pine Mountain on Sunday nights or the laundromat or uh, across the world in Asia or somewhere in between, you need to be doing something. God has blessed you. God has been gracious to you. Because of that, we need to take that blessing, we need to take that favor, and we need to make the name of Christ known. Now let's put our stuff up. I want to bow our heads. Close our eyes. I want you to settle in just for a second here because I want to challenge you again. I want to challenge you kind of like we've done with, it, with every sermon in this series. Just close your eyes and I want to just kind of challenge you with this idea. The Bible is clear that those who have been blessed have this calling to make the name of Christ known. It's very clear. You, you just really can't dispute it biblically. It's found throughout Scripture. So the question for you is, what are you going to do with the blessings that God has given you? How are you going to take those blessings in order to bless others and ultimately make the name of Christ known?
Father, we thank you for this passage of Scripture. It's very clear. It's very understandable. The challenge is there before us, Father. You have richly blessed us. We praise your name for that. You've richly given. We praise your name for that. Help us now understand, Father, what to do with that blessing, how to take that blessing and make it known to the world so that your name will receive honor and glory. Father, give us the ability to see and understand and the strength and the courage to do. And we'll praise your name for all that happens, Father. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You can stand. This is just a time of invitation, an opportunity for you to respond to whatever the Lord's doing in your heart. You can come and pray. You can speak to me, but you respond as we sing together this morning.